Use jacking for link building in three easy steps with Joe O'Reilly. The In Search SEO podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps skill your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. How do you use newsjacking for link building? That's what we're discussing today with a lady who has a prior career as a journalist and for the past five years has been working both agency side and in-house as a digital PR manager. A warm welcome to the InSearch SEO podcast, Joe O'Reilly. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, really excited to talk to you about newsjacking. It, it's my favourite topic. It's my favourite thing to do. Um, hopefully I can give you some tips to uh, help you get some success with it. Wonderful. Pick the right guest for the right topic. That's a good start. <laughs> I'll just say that you can find Joe over at salience.co.uk. So Joe, how would you define newsjacking? Newsjacking for me is inserting yourself, your brand, your website into a breaking news story by offering analysis or uh, interpretation of events or really just comment on the news story. Brilliant. Okay, so today you're sharing how to news jack for link building in three easy steps. So starting off with number one, get ahead of the news. No crystal balls required. Okay, when when I tell people that the best thing to do when it comes to news jacking is not to really wait for the new story to break, but to really get ahead of it, people often look at me like, can you tell the future? How do you do this? And actually, you can, you really can. Um, it, it does help. And I, I won't lie to you, if you're working in an agency and you've got reams of clients, this is definitely more difficult. Um, if you're working with a group of niche clients or if you're in-house, it is you know, it's incredibly easy when you're in-house because you can really niche down. But you can get ahead of the news. You can get ahead of what we call the news cycle. Wherever you're based, if you're in the States, if you're in the UK, there will be a news cycle. News tends to follow a kind of topical yearly kind of cycle. We'll always have, in the UK at least, we'll always have news about heat waves in the summer or about, you know, the classic one when I was growing up used to be hosepipe bands to deal with drought. We can predict that these are going to be news stories. If we see on the, the Met, for example, that the weather is hotting up, we know know that in two weeks time all the news is going to be talking and we do love the weather in the UK as well so that does help but the news is going to be talking about a heat wave we know that's going to be a breaking news story even though it's going to be a shock to no one um, so we can prepare our experts in lawn care if there's going to be a hosepipe ban or our experts in keeping your car cool keeping your pet or keeping your, your home cool, air conditioning, we can prepare our experts or, you know, our, our in-house kind of thought leaders on these topics that this is going to be a breaking news story. Let's prepare to newsjack it by having comment or data or, or whatever else we can provide the journalist uh, ready ahead of time. Obviously, there are, you know, there's going to be things that, that aren't topical, that aren't part of the news cycle. But you can, you know, there's various things you can do to monitor the media to get ahead of those. Finance is a great example. If you've got a finance client, you can sign up to, I think in the UK, the best one used to be the Financial Times newsletter. I think you get it around 6am in the morning. So you know what the big kind of finance stories of that day are going to be. I think in America, the one I used to use was Morning Brew. They tend to be really ahead of the, uh, the finance kind of news in the state. So there are ways that you can monitor the, your, your patch or your niche to be really ahead of the big topics that all the journalists will be writing about that day or that week. 
Okay, so the FT newsletter, Morning Brew as well, two great resources, I'm, I'm sure, for the listener. You begun by talking about cyclical news stories. Is there such a thing as an online resource for common cyclical news stories? Do you know what? That's someone should create one. Um, no, I think, you know, when you're a journalist, you just kind of know, you know that when Christmas is coming up, people will be talking about, you know, Christmassy things, you know, that it just becomes what we call an innate news sense, really. I know, you know, if you look at the way kind of people work when they work in social media or they work in content marketing, people have content calendars these days. And that tends to be really helpful because like the rest of us journalists are observing these kind of, you know, Easter, I think, is the next big one coming up. We know everyone will be talking about chocolate. We'll be talking about, you know, families getting together. I think, you know, we've got Ramadan that's being, you know, observed observed at the moment um, around the world so that we kind of we would have planned for that if we if we had a client or a website in that space that could that could provide comment on, on on that kind of situation so I think there are content calendars but no there's not that I know of a um it's a, it's a really good idea for someone to take and run with that Dave <laughs> Good, good piece of uh, link bait uh, that you can you can build. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Um, I was trying to think if people still call it link bait at the same time as I was calling that. Is there another word for that nowadays? I'm not sure. Uh, no, I think I think that's still. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, take us up to step two: know your beat, make contacts, build media lists, keep them updated. So yeah, um, the the one thing you don't want to find yourself doing is if a massive news story breaks in your in your space in your niche, you don't want to be scrambling around trying to work out who writes about these topics and building the media list. You know, one of the things we talk about in digital PR an awful lot is about having really up to date media lists and not spamming journalists that, that aren't interested and trying to do that in a rush um, because a news story is just broke. And you know, as I'll talk about in a minute, you know, you've got around 30 minutes to, to, to get a news jack on someone's desk. That's a very short space of time. You won't want to be building a media list in that time. It can take me, you know, hours to put together a really good media list. I, I don't have that time once the story is broken. So, you know, what what I do, and, and once again, if you're in-house and you've got quite a specific niche, this is much easier. It can just become part of your day-to-day kind of uh, admin, really, keeping that list updated. But definitely, take some time, work out who the top journalists are in that patch, your patch, your niche, and and have those media lists ready. A great thing to do when you're starting out, if you don't come from a media background and you you don't already have those contacts, just send an introduction email. Yes, journalists are busy. Yes, we don't want phone calls or, you know, they don't want to be taken out to lunch anymore. That, that, those days are, are long gone. But they, everyone appreciates an introduction email. Say, you know, hey, this is who I am. This is a brand, the website I'm working for. Just so you know, we've got an expert in finance or insurance or, or cryptocurrency or whatever it is that, you know, this journalist writes about and say, look, we're always available for comment. We're always, you know, if you ever want any analysis, drop us a line. Or are you okay if we add you to our media list for for these topics, for these comments? You might not hear a lot back, but, you know, you've still introduced yourself. And the next time you send an email, that that recognition might do you a favour and push you to the top of the pack. So, I love that idea, send an introduction email, because I think many people will be just collating large lists of journalists. And as soon as they get a story, emailing them, they haven't made contact with them before. You might go to a spam list. The journalist might 
not recognise who you are, obviously, and they're much less likely to actually engage with you. Um, so where do you go to build your media list and how big a list should you actually seek to create? Oh, how long is a piece of string? That's a very it depends question. It's difficult and you'll get, you know, you'll get different answers and it will depend on your topic as well and your niche, you know. Finance, you know, is a great example of there being an awful lot of writers in in the finance space, both here, you know, both both sides of the pond, but you people niche down within that within that kind of um, space these days you'll get people that talk about personal finance all the time so if you're sending you know kind of corporate finance news or corporate finance comments someone that you know writes about personal finance and writes about that that's not really their beat just because they're a finance writer that's not something they're likely to cover or be interested in so I think what you want to think about is is that niche and you know find out what that journalist writes about read a couple of their stories you should be doing that anyway you know you should really kind of be trying to keep up to date in in your space in the news you know it is a cliche that journalists receive hundreds thousands of emails and, and yes most of them don't get looked at so you know trying to be as targeted as possible is important but I'm, I'm not one of those prs that will say oh you know only send it to free people because otherwise it's spam realistically you're not going to have much success if you don't send your email to it you know as many people as possible that you, your comment is relevant to you know it, it is a numbers game and it would be it would be uh, disingenuous to pretend it isn't and the bigger your space the more you are competing with you know everyone's trying to do this right we're all trying to get our thought leaders covering we're all trying to build links with these really, you know, high quality news publications. So, you know, there's a lot of competition depending on your space. And, you know, you need to be getting the word out there about who you are and, and what your expert can speak about. And are you a fan of uh, following your target journalists on social media and commenting on their posts? Um, so just to try and build that awareness of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Twitter is the best one for this. Uh, journalists, uh, you know, do use Twitter. I, I used it as a journalist. That's when I was probably the most prolific of my Twitter career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just a good way of building connections with people and, you know, um, and keeping up to date with, with, you know, what's going on in your, your, your space and your niche. And I think sometimes, you know, we can be a bit, you know, we're all busy. Journalists are busy. PRs are busy. We can be a bit selfish. We only contact journalists when we want something for, from them. And I, you know, I do go out of my way. And and anyone I work with, any execs I train, I always say, if you see a journalist that's, um, you know, look, they've put a journal request out on Twitter, for example, and they're they're looking for someone, but but you haven't got that client, or you can't help. There's no harm in saying, hey, do you know what? I, I'm not working with anyone, but you know, my colleague is, or you know, even someone at a different age agency or a, you know that journalist will remember your name you've you've made contact you've helped them out and then you know one day they will be looking for someone that you are working with and they'll think hang on this person helped me out with them you know that kind of having a really egalitarian attitude to it and trying to be helpful for being helpful sake can really help you out further down the line and, and that's how you build connection these days like I said we're not taking journalists out to lunch anymore it, it's not it's not the 80s um that's that's not how PRs and journalists behave but we do try to stay in contact and keep those online relationships uh, that, that help us out long term and set number three is streamline the process ensure you can move fast when news breaks yes um this is a big one so I think I mentioned earlier that I mean I'm a bit 
militant with this because I've been in a newsroom. I know what it's like. I know how how quickly and you know journalists have to turn these stories around these days. If a news story breaks at you know 10 a.m. in the morning and you send a comment out at 3 a you know 3 p.m. in the afternoon, you've missed it. You know you've got probably from an hour. You know, for an hour from when a story breaks to, and, and I say half an hour, really, I try and shorten that process as much as possible. This is really difficult. I'm not pretending it's not. And it's particularly difficult when you've got multiple layers of sign off process. What I would say is smooth that out as quickly as possible. Uh, do dummy runs. Do dummy runs with your thought leaders, with your sign-off process. You know, practice it and see if you can kind of keep, sh- you know, get a personal best, keep shaving a couple of minutes off each time you practice it. Yeah, you know, some of the biggest success I've had with news jacket. I'll give you my, my favourite example of this was um, we have a, a, the airline EasyJet. There'd been a big uh, data breach with EasyJet a couple of years back now, four or five years back. I was working for a privacy and online privacy company and we had a privacy expert and I saw the tweet go up about EasyJet and I, I think I was eating lunch at the time and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to put this sandwich down and come back to this. Um, I think we got it out 25 minutes and I was pretty happy with that. We got the we got the analysis. We got it to all the travel journals, all the all the kind of uh, data journals, people that covered those kind of stories. And yeah, we landed a, a, a huge amount of coverage and links in places you know that we'd never really worked with before. Uh, with journalists that we'd never worked with before, we were used to working with you know your end gadgets, your your tech crunch, your tech press. That was our beat. So it was a real nice place to build quality links that kind of you know we hadn't had access to before. And yeah, it's great fun as well. Can I just say that, you know, it is, it is, uh, it's intense. Um, I love it. It's one of my favourite parts of the job. It's, it's like being a journalist again, but from, from reverse, right? So really exciting. But, you know, to have that success, having all those things lined up and that sign off process really smoothed out before a story breaks means that, you know, you, you know, when, when that buzzer goes, you'll be like straight out the starting blocks and, 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 you know, it is speed that will win if you're the first person there. You know, you've got to have a quality comment and you've got to have a thought leader that can say something really insightful as well. You can't just be first if you're saying something that's a bit boring or not or not really relevant. You can't have a beautician that responds to a data breach story quickly and have a success. You know, you still need your relevance there and you still need your quality. But if you can get that quality and that, and that relevance and combine it with being really quick, you'll, you'll, you'll have a great time and you'll achieve huge amounts of success with it. And you said a really nice way to get quality links. How do you optimise the number of links, the quality of links that you actually get? Uh, do you actually ask for a link from the journalist? Is, do good journalists just know that's what you're looking for? Oh, this is uh, this can be really difficult. So I always I have a really nice line at the bottom of my email. You know, thank you for thank you for using this. We'd absolutely love a link back to. And then uh, you know, and I I include a hyperlink originally, but then I just put the full URL in as well, and and hope that they've got both there. And I hope that you know I'm being polite. I'm done them a favour. I hope that they see that that's landed at their desk at the right time. It's really helped them get get their story out within you know their time limits, and that they'll you know and and obviously I follow up as well if a you know if a comment goes live and the trick with that and I know other people will say this as well is to be quick about it so be looking for that coverage as it rolls in and if it rolls in there's not a link be really quick off the 
you know, of the mark to, hey, thanks for using my content. Really appreciate it. We'd love it if you can link. You can't force anyone to link, right? We know this is, you know, what I do is earned media. It's not a paid, it's not a paid link building. It's not a paid media placement. You know, it is, it is a game where you hope that what you've provided is of enough value that they will provide what you're asking for back. Uh, be polite, be, be really quick to ask and be quick to follow up and ask if they've used the comment without a link. But, you know, there are no guarantees in this game. And that's part of what, you know, part of what, <laughs> part of what makes it the process that it is that you, you know. I think that was a really nice way that you asked, that you suggest asking. I think it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't uh, a case of you saying, We're, we need this, <laughs> if you're, or anything like that. Um, you're, you're thanking them for the opportunity of, of perhaps even featuring your content within the publication and then doing the ask after that. And I, I think you just struck the tone nicely there. Obviously, I think you've probably tweaked that with years of experience. Yeah. No, I have. And I, you know, when I first started doing digital PR and, you know, I used to work with people that had perhaps come from a more traditional link building background. And obviously I'd, you know, previously been a journalist and we used to debate this back and forth, how, how, you know, how forceful you should be, how, you know, how polite I would be, you know, I'd be saying, well, I was a journalist. If someone was rude to me, I'd just never work with them again, you know, and it, it is, you, you've got to f- strike a very fine balance between being firm and, you know, and asking directly for what you want and explaining what you want very clearly and very quickly. Journalists are busy, but also, you know, you absolutely don't want to be burning bridges with journalists. Journalists talk to each other. Um, you know, if you upset a journalist in, in one publication, you know, move industry. That, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and journalists move around as well. You know, journalists move around as, as much as PRs or SEOs do. Um, you know, journalists I've been polite to when they worked at quite small media publications as, as their careers have progressed. They've, you know, ended up in, you know, bigger publications, which is great for them and great for me because that contact I've kept and, you know, the links I was building in perhaps quite a small tech publication three years ago. Now, you know, we've got a nice relationship now, so I can be a bit more, not forceful, but I can be a bit more upfront about, hey, that you know, this is a bit of a give and take and this is what I need if I do this for you. So, yeah, there is a relationship building element of it. You know, don't go and burn your bridges over one link that you didn't get. You know, you might get a link next time, you know. Great advice. Let's finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. What's one SEO activity that you would recommend that provides incredible results from modest levels of effort? Okay, I'm going to stick with links because links are what I know. Um, I think, you know, I love newsjacking um, and I like doing PR campaigns, but both take quite a lot of time and quite a lot of expertise. What you can do, you know, and I know everyone talks about Harrow and I do think that it's still, you can get an awful lot of great links from, I think we've got several Harrows now. I use Harrow, I use Quoted, journal requests on Twitter. You know, you can spend maybe 10, 10, 15 minutes a day browsing through them, finding an opportunity that's right for you putting together some, you know, nice, insightful commentary. You know, I've built some really, really good links this way just by, and again, I think, you know, a lot of responses to to Harrow's and journal requests that, you know, can be a bit forceful and a bit link buildy sometimes and journalists don't like that. If you're polite and you send a really nice email, you can get some really, really good quality links back from that. Um, and, it, it, you know, it doesn't take huge amounts of time or investment. That's my 20% for 80% idea, you know. Um, don't be afraid of, of tools like Harrow. Don't be afraid 
avoided contacting journalists. Just be polite. Remember, there's a human at the end of the email you're sending. Use it to make friends. I've, I've made great contacts and great friends with journalists from things like Harrow that, that have become actual contacts that I now contact outside of those tools. So, yeah, that, that would be my uh, answer. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Joe O'Reilly over at salience.co.uk. Joe, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to my uh, talk about News Jacket. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. <laughs>